Hello, this is Sarah Pearson, Features Editor at the Concord Monitor, here with David Brooks, our Granite Geek, to talk about one of his articles this week. Hello, Dave. Hello, hello, hello. So, Dave, you're talking about disease in your column this week, but it's not the coronavirus. It is not, because that's a virus, and I'm talking about antibiotics, which affect bacteria, um, which is sort of the other classification of nasty microbe. Um, Actually, the column's talking about antibiotic resistance, uh, not just antibiotics. Which you said was the scariest thing in the world, only behind climate change? Yeah, antibiotic resistance is pretty scary. I've heard somebody uh, semi-joke, I don't know if joke is the right word, that, you know, climate change will kill my kids, but antibiotic resistance will kill me. Um, so, as you probably know, antibiotic resistance is basically evolution in action down at the microbe level. So evolution happens when the environment uh, allows certain characteristics to succeed and other characteristics not. So you can have more children if you have, you know, if you're in a dry environment, you're able to handle the dryness, you can have more children, therefore that gene will get reproduced. That's how evolution works. Well, bacteria reproduces very, very quickly, and there's lots and lots and lots of them. And so evolution can happen very quickly. And we humans are altering the environment that uh, pathogens that, that bacteria exist in, inside our bodies in particular, and, but in the environment as a whole. We're altering the environment by overusing and misusing antibiotics, and therefore we're causing resistant bacteria to evolve. Basically what happens is you use antibiotics, you wipe out all of you know, to wipe out a disease, but there's a couple of them that are mutants because there's always mutants, and when you have a gazillion bacteria, some of them by sheer chance will be mutated, and occasionally one of those mutants will be able to resist your disease. You wipe out all the other bacteria around it, it doesn't have any competition, it can produce more, more children, so to speak, uh, and so it will be more likely to evolve into the new population. You keep doing this, and you will develop an entire strains of resistant bacteria. And this is exactly what is happening. Um, a lot of the biotics that antibiotics that have been developed over the last century are becoming increasingly useless. There is uh, particularly uh, one called MERS, um, which is uh, a, a resistant to every antibiotic we have now. It's starting to show up uh, occasionally in hospitals. So uh, we are, you know, basically through our own misuse of antibiotics, we are undoing one of the really great accomplishments of the human species. So. And by misuse, you mean like overuse, using it for non-bacterial purposes? Using it when you don't need it, you know, taking antibiotics when you have a viral disease. So don't take antibiotics if you think you have coronavirus because it's a virus. Uh, using antibiotics, uh, throwing them at huge populations. Agriculture is a big problem. So it, it was found out a long time ago that if you give a low, low dose of antibiotics to um, domestic uh, cattle, pigs, maybe even chickens too, I don't know, uh, they will grow faster. And so there's vast amounts of antibiotics that are pumped out in the environment all the time just so we, you know, our chicken McNuggets will be slightly cheaper. And they are developing, guess what, resistant diseases. And uh, so uh, that, that's a perfect example of, of, you know, looking at the extreme short-term short benefits and not the extreme long-term disadvantages. Okay, so you were writing about a possible solution to this antibiotic resistance, or at least maybe a partial solution? Yeah, maybe a partial solution. It's, um, so this is work at Dartmouth that I sort of stumbled on by accident. Um, it's happening. Uh, a professor named, uh, excuse me, Carl Griswold, uh, part of a team that's basically working on using uh, a, a different kind of, say, using something called a phage, which is a virus that attacks cells, and it attacks cells by uh, 
injecting them or, or coating them in a, in a chemical called lysin. These are the mo type of molecule called lysin. Now we're we're talking about we're down in you know molecular biology here, which is a topic I don't know much about. Um, but anyway, so the the idea is to take these lysins and use them as a way to attack uh, certain bacteria, which sounds great, and in fact it works, and it's known to work, but the problem is that because lysins are proteins, our immune system uh, recognizes them. And so you can use it once, and it kills off the bacteria, but if you, you need to use it a second time, your body's immune system has learned that this thing is a protein, and it doesn't like foreign proteins in the body, and so your immune system will react to the lysin the second time around. It doesn't do that to antibiotics because they're not proteins in general. So, um, so the, the question is how can you sort of fool the immune system into not reacting to lysin or, or other, other similar kinds of chemicals so that we can use them multiple times. And that's, that's really the, the main work that, that, that's going on there. And it could be an, an entire like platform that could be used so that a bunch of alternatives antibiotics could be used because we would, if we can learn sort of a higher level way to fool our immune system so our body won't get in the way of treating ourselves. So that, that's the work that's going on, going on there and it's, 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 it's quite interesting. And it's sort of interesting that this is happening at Dartmouth's Thayer School of Engineering, which isn't the first place most people think of biomedical research happening. I, I absolutely agree that's interesting and not, not expected. Um, I, I noted in the column that, you know, I think of Thayer as being, you know, like steel and software, not cells, uh, and, but that's not at all the case. There is a, a, a strong bioengineering component there, and in fact, it's sort of linking up, or trying to link up at least, with all the biotech uh, medical biotech that's starting to happen in the Manchester Mill Yard, sort of another cluster. I think, it, you know, I think that's actually a promising future for the state as a whole. And so, for now, what about antibiotics? Well, resistance is a big is a big problem, as I said. I mean, anti antibiotics are becoming much less useful, and um, and you know, the, uh, the medical profession is quite aware of this. I've I've written a bunch of stories about it. There's conferences about how to you know how to minimize the problem, how to work around it. But uh, as individuals, we can't do much. Although you, we can not misuse antibiotics, so don't, don't demand that your doctor gives you an antibiotic if the doctor says you know this is a virus or you don't need it. And if you do get uh, an antibiotic prescribed to you, take the entire thing because actually, what happens if what happens if people start taking it and they feel better, so they don't take all of it? You know, they don't take the entire two weeks or whatever the doctor says. And that actually, uh, for some complicated reasons, can increase the development of resistance. So that's a small thing that you can do. So the other thing you can do is you can talk to your elected official. I know politics is boring, but uh, you can ask them to try and put pressure on big agriculture to stop overusing antibiotics for animal growth because that, you know, as I say, making our chicken McNuggets slightly cheaper, but it's also going to kill us. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. You bet. Remember, you can read all of Dave's columns online at granitegeek.org or subscribe to this podcast on Google, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.